Hey metalheads, you like tattoos? Of course you do. If you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area, come on over the bridge to Clarksville, Indiana and get you some ink done at Ageless Art. If ink isn't your thing, they have a piercing studio as well. Visit agelessartclarksville.com to see some frequently asked questions, meet the staff. The shop is open Monday through Thursday, 12 to 8 p.m., Saturdays, 12 to 10 p.m., and Sundays, 12 to 6 p.m., all appointment-only spots. You can set up your appointments by phone at 812-283-1793 or email agelessarttattooandpiercing at gmail.com and someone will get you set up for your first or your next tattoo or piercing. Hey, it's Jeff McNichol down here at Mom's Music, 1900 Melwood Avenue. I was just thinking, when I was a kid, the magic was at Frankfurt Avenue, the Mom's Music at Frankfurt Avenue, and I used to beg people to get a ride down there just to hang out with the guys and see all the cool gear. Now that I'm the owner of this store, it's like a dream come true. We're recreating the magic with the vibe that we used to have at the old store. We're carrying all the gear that you're going to possibly want. We're giving you the outstanding service and personal attention that you deserve. Yeah, so we've got the great guitar shop here. We're carrying USA Fender, USA Gibson, Paul Reed Smith, Gretsch, Jackson, Charvel, anything you could possibly want. We're going to have it for you. Mom's is and always will be Louisville's music store. Thank you for tuning in to The Metal Forge. I am Mark Jackson, and I am your host. The premise of the show is pretty simple. Awesome interviews and awesome music. If you want to contact me, hit me up at MetalForgeRadio at gmail.com or visit the website, MetalForgeRadio.com. And now, let's get this show on the road. Thank you all for tuning into this week's episode of The Metal Forge. I hope you all are doing awesome today whenever you're listening to this, whether it be when the show first comes out at noon or at 9 o'clock or midnight or whenever, the witching hour. Hopefully you guys are doing well. How the fuck are you? Today I have a couple of the guys from the Houston thrash metal band Labyrinth here on the Metal Forge this week, and we're going to talk about some Texas metal and all kinds of cool stuff with those dudes. And Athena's back with another episode of Metal Mischief. We're going to check in with her in just a few minutes. But before we get into that, hey, I'm excited because this weekend is finally here, and I've been waiting for this weekend a long time. For those of you who know me, I am in a band called Overload here in Louisville, Kentucky. And I have always been a fan of the band Anvil. And this Sunday, Anvil is playing at Zanzibar here in Louisville, Kentucky. So if you're in the area, you should stop by. And I'm so excited because we're opening for them. And along with them, there's Midnight Hellion and White Wizard. 
And if you're familiar with White Wizard, you know that there's members of that that were in Holy Grail, which I've opened for before in the past. So fucking rad, you know. Totally cool stuff. I'm so excited for it. Uh, This new Overload show that we've got going on, I am so excited to have people see it just for what it is. It's, you know, kick-ass, balls-of-the-wall metal, and it's, it's awesome to me. I feel so good about our performances for this year that we've got going on so fun times for sure also i do want to make a uh, statement about last week i don't know what the fuck happened with anchor uh for some reason there was an issue with the upload and somebody had messaged on had commented on the post saying hey is the show going to come out today and as far as i know it had been published but it didn't hit the other uh, streaming platforms like you know, like Spotify and the countless other uh, places where it's at. And I had to take down the episode and re-upload the episode, or whatever, republish the episode, whatever you want to say. And I was pretty pissed off about it, honestly, because Anchor, I think, fucked me on that deal. So along with that, um. I'm actually looking for a new podcasting platform, a new host site. So if you are a podcaster out there, you know people who are podcasters out there, send them my way. I want to find out who the best is out there that I can get on. And, you know, the thing about it is, is we're only building more and more uh, bands, more and more fans, more and more better interviews and more awesome content. You know, we're we're only getting bigger, and I love that. And if there is a site out there like what Anchor did last week to me, I don't know if I could stay on this site after that. You know, so I'm definitely looking for something new. So let's go ahead and check in here with Athena in Metal Mischief at the Heavy Metal Bunker. She is going to be talking about Thermogenesis and Shed the Skin. Here comes the music. test this microphone Ooh, I've got a silky voice kind of sound like I'm the Batman Batman I'm the Batman um you're definitely not the Batman I'm, I'm the Batman I, Commissioner Gordon Commissioner Gordon I need to see you Commissioner wait, Gordon wait 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 how did the Batman get into the heavy metal bunker this Come is not the Bat Bunker this is the heavy metal bunker Commissioner Gordon I need you to wash my Batmobile. <laughs> I thought I had to come back for that one. I don't. <laughs> um, misfits and miscreants. Bangers and mashers. Deviants and the deviated. The tormented and the fermented. Ghouls and goblins. Creatures of the night. Jack. Those headphones. Crank the volume to max. Spark it up and just relax. It's time for your Deadly Dose. Welcome to the next installment of Metal Mischief. My name is Athena, and on today's lineup, 
We have Shed the Skin, a new album called Thalmogenesis. Today, we are going to start with a vocabulary lesson, a little metal mind fuckery. So, when I first started looking into this album, the title caught me right away. Being a major word enthusiast that I am, I had to find out what Thalmogenesis meant. Especially when I personally know two of the band members and what their taste is. But, but, before I get into that, I must digress to the artwork. I love the classic artwork for the album. It's very reminiscent of old school death metal and Slayer. It made me very happy in my metal bone. Okay, okay, okay. Getting back on track. The term thalmogenesis refers to the process in which a demon is believed to be created through the means of resurrection. By opening two portals, allowing the demon soul through one and the manifested body through the other. So it's kind of like uh, the Exorcist meets um, what's that? Uh, uh, fuck. Uh, Stargate. Stargate. Yes. <laughs> Actually, you know, <laughs> now that we have a very good visual of what to expect of Shed the Skin's fourth album, let's pull out that goat's blood, find the candles, and get the fuck out of my outer skins let's get to fucking business wait wait dm dm i think it's mm. that time of the show where mm-hmm. we do a shot a shot a shot yeah and while you pour us shots i'm gonna spark up this spliff why are you sparking the spliff i'm gonna open this beer oh god yeah that's good mm. so Here's a shot. Shot, shots, got Alright, alright. This is my producer, DM Meyer. Oh, hi. Hi. He's my sound genius. This toast is for you, sir. Oh, shucks. May all the cords be plugged into the right fucking holes, and the volume is always at max. I love your dirty mind. Life too short to be clean. <laughs> All right. Oh, so I'm gonna take a little trip down memory lane real quick, and I hope you guys enjoy this as much as I enjoy talking about it. But I want to just talk about old school metalheads. I mean, that's how you would describe like Kyle and Ash and myself, draped in black, smoking our cigarettes, chugging cheap beer. Disturbing the peace and droning on and on about new releases and upcoming metal shows. In our smelly, dirty battle vests. You know, love our fucking battle vests. It's, it's like our crustaceous part of us. And you think you're not hippies. Oh, man. I mean, metal is derived from hippie music. So, <laughs> yeah, we are absolutely dirty hippies. I'll admit it. (laughs) Those battle vests that we liked so much that don all of our band trophies 
you will find the walking carcasses of people like Kyle, Ash, and myself. Now, I gotta say, Kyle and Ash, these two motherfuckers have been very longtime friends of mine. Following both of their music careers has been absolutely fucking amazing. The fact that these two metal maestros have put out a fourth album together is just pure fucking joy. With its roots coming from a veteran lineup like this, you can just imagine that the album carries itself with an old school flair. Ten tracks of Kyle's crushing and meticulous drums, layered with Ash and Matt's guitars. Ed's bass and Ash's brutal guttural vocals, this album creates a perfect storm. The production is crisp and definitive. With many elements of classic death metal, it also has moments of grind and thrash, rounding off everything very nicely. So, my favorite song on this album, Blood Runs Red. I love the bass line at the beginning. It's just a little bit funky. It has its moments of extreme gore grind, which is very reminiscent of another dear friend of mine, who now rests in peace. Talking about you, Killjoy. And I'm talking about Necrophagia. Yes. Necrophagia. That was my moment, folks. But, okay. Coming back in. It just drops you right back down into the bog of eternal stench. But, okay. Enough about my 20 plus year <laughs> memory trips. It is time for the deeds. That's right. The details. This album was produced, recorded, and distributed by Hell's Headbangers and was recorded in Cleveland, Ohio. Released on 527-22. If you are not familiar with this label, I highly suggest you go check it out. There is a plethora of fucking good metal that resides there. As always, I always say, go support them on Bandcamp, buy their fucking music, go to the fucking shows, buy the fucking merch, support the metal community. Gas is fucking expensive, man. We want them to fucking tour. Mm-hmm. Speaking of touring, now it's time to introduce the band members. With this magnificent veteran lineup, you know it's going to be fucking brutal. On vocals and guitar, Ash Thomas. Now I'm going to digress for just a moment because I want to talk about Faith Extractor and Estuary. If you're anywhere near around Cleveland or Cincinnati, anywhere in the Ohio area, Northern Kentucky, Michigan, Pennsylvania, you should know the names Faith Extractor and Estuary. Ash has been in the metal community for a very long time. He's been making metal music for a very long time. And that's fucking incredible. Please go check out some of his other stuff. And while I'm at it, I want to throw mad props to my girl, Zanka. 
I absolutely fucking adore you. You are a beast, girlfriend. Please keep doing what you're doing because you are magnificent and you have fans. Thank you, Ash. Thank you, Zanka. On drums, we have Kyle Severn. And if you guys know Kyle, you know Incantation. Incantation. That's right. Also, when I first met Kyle, I did that embarrassing thing where I walked up to him and I said, Hey, you're Kyle Severn from Incantation. And he just smiled at me with like this half-cocked smile. And I started busting out anal cunts. Kyle from Incantation has a mustache. And we've been friends ever since. Anyway. <laughs> Had to talk a little bit about that. Because, you know, Kyle's a great dude. And he makes great fucking music. And you should check out Incantation. If by some weird, weird sense you've never heard of them before. And anal cunt. If this is your first time hearing that name. That's a dirty word. Well, we like it dirty here dirty. at the Heavy Metal Bunker. Okay, getting back to the band members. Also on guitar, we have Matt Sword, Ringworm, and Ex-Blood of Christ. And on the mighty, mighty bass, Ed Stevens. Also from Ringworm. Now, honestly, I've not heard Ringworm yet. That is my homework to go and do. Your homework is to go check out the new Shed the Skin album. I'm just fucking saying. Alright. So, now that we have shed some skin, brutalized our brains, and beaten our meat, it has come time for Athena's five shot review. Now, if you've been here before, Please bear with me as I just run through this rigmarole. If this is your first time tuning in, please hold tight as I explain what's going on. Five shots. I needed five shots to get through the motherfucker. Four shots. Meh. It could have used some oomph. Three shots. Good. Made me air drum, bang my head. Two shots. Really good. Put that shit in the glove box for traveling. And one shot. Excellent. I'll probably have a bang over in the morning. So, after a long discussion with the other half of my brain, I'm going to give a Shed the Skin review for their new album, Thalmogenesis, and hold on, wait for it, there's a drum roll, and a shot, DM, one shot, excellent, I'll probably have a bang over in the morning, so, until we meet again, have a most excellent time, and remember, keep it heavy. Cut! That's it! That's a wrap! I'm Batman.
Athena, that was so fucking rad. You... Your reviews are so fucking awesome. I look so forward to actually hearing them after the episode drops. It's so cool. <laughs> Hell yeah. We're going to go ahead and get into this. This is from Labyrinth, and this is more of that Texas thrash metal. This is The Fight. <laughs> Stay away from the mighty darkness. 
metalheads i've got the guys from labyrinth from houston texas on the line i've got jorge and angel dudes how the fuck is texas this time of year holy crap dude i am fucking dying a heat stroke (laughs) (laughs) yeah actually it's really hot right now it's like if you go out it's like it's 100 degrees outside and you can just go like out for 20 minutes and you're sweating then yeah, it doesn't help that everyone's wearing all black, so, yeah. And black leather, too, probably. Yeah, especially black leather. Uh, I remember we played a show um, in a place where it was there was no AC. It's called Super Happy Phoneland. And I was with my leather jacket the entire show, and people were asking me, how you are not hot? And I was like, I don't know, it's just the style, you know? Like, I, I need to wear this at some point, <laughs> but then I had to take it out for the show. And my entire shirt was was wet because I was sweating so much. Man, I a few years ago, I played a festival show outside and just had my battle jacket on. And it's just a vest, you know. And I was dying because it was like it was like ninety eight degrees at like ten thirty at night when we played. And <laughs> I totally understand how awful uh you know, pl- the, it, playing metal in the summertime, you know, is kind of rough because you've got all this fucking hot, hot uh, weather and shit like that. And and ultimately, it's just like, oh, my gosh, when is it going to cool down and become, you know, black metal season again? <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. And actually, you see a lot of people over here, like with jackets and stuff, especially... um. 
I was at the Hell's Heroes Festival like on April, mm-hmm. like April last month, and everyone was with their jackets. Everyone was there, and I'm glad like the festival was inside and indoors. They had AC, but I was imagining if it was outside, everyone would be like, "Oh my God, why I I'm wearing my jacket?" You know, like. Everyone would just throw their jackets away because it was really, really hot. You know, I was seeing a lot of people posting from Maryland Death Fest, and oh, and yeah. I was told it was like super hot both days, and people were wearing their like long sleeves and their and like jackets with hoodies and shit. And I was like, "What? That's come on, man!" It's like I understand being the trooper, but hell, dude. It's like, don't die of heat stroke out there, you know? I think that's the power of metal at some point, you know, that even if it's fucking hard, you want to represent what you have on your battle vest or or you want to represent the image you want to give to people. So there oh, you go. Sure. Metal can move everything. For sure. I went to a festival show last year here in Louisville, and there and it was it was super hot. You know, it was at the end of September. It was still really hot here. And there was a guy walking around in a battle vest trench coat, <laughs> like oh total, God. and it was all patched out all the way down. It was like something like Rob Halford would wear, seriously. And just like I don't, I mean, I don't know how that guy did it. I mean, and he was like six foot six, and like he was huge. He kind of like with the long jacket. He kind of reminded me of a pinhead a little bit, but. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so yeah, it really is actually definitely so tell everybody out in metal forge land about labyrinth so um labyrinth is a thrash metal band influenced mainly by the early era of thrash metal you know like since it started like in in 1983 or maybe before that like in 79 until you know bands that are finishes the first wave of uh bands you know like the first wave of thrash metal bands that is around 1992 1994 and then we also have some influences of the new wave of thrash metal that it started like in 2004 until until now that is keep growing you know so it's like um we are we're a thrash metal band here in houston we were um we're founded um in 2000 21 like on at the at the end of 2021 um it was found by myself for him and hayden masters and after that we found um our bassist and guitarist that is um tommy crawford and angel young and it's like our first show we ever played it was in january of this year it was if i'm not wrong it was january 20 something i think it was january 21st it was our very first show, and since since then we just start playing a lot of shows here in Houston, Texas. Where actually the the scene is really good here in Houston, especially for thrash metal. It's like, especially these last years, starting in 2021, there's a lot of new bands that are really trying to give something to to the people, you know, trying to give a message with with their music, and we have like around a dozen of thrash metal bands, like new thrash metal bands of young people, you know, like um, between the ages of 
14 and, you know, around 27 or 30 years old, that we all are trying to express the same message. And it's impressive how so many bands are coming along. And it's like all these bands are coming with some demos or some EPs, singles, or even some of them already have albums out. Here in Houston, the scene is pretty solid. And with Labyrinth, like whenever we started, it's like we received that support from the people that since our first show, uh, I think for our first show, there was like around 80 or 100 people at the show. It was like really impressive, uh, the support of everyone. And since that day, then we started playing a lot of shows. It was like starting from there, we almost played every weekend. We played a show almost every weekend. I remember, um, we were planning everything with Angel and with the guys at some point in March or April, we were like, damn, we really played a show every weekend. And it was really cool, you know, like after playing those shows, while we were playing those shows, we were preparing our material. We didn't have anything released yet because we wanted to put our name first on the on the music scene here in Houston. So after those shows, we had already like uh, a following coming up, uh, like coming to the shows and enjoying being with us or enjoying our live performances. And then on, on May 7th of this year, after playing all those shows and trying to get along with people and with bands over here, we released, um, our first ever demo that is a three track demo that actually is going pretty good by now. Like, um, we got a lot of support, um, of people from different parts of the world. And at the moment, uh, Labyrinth is doing a tour around Texas and Louisiana. We already played our shows in Louisiana that it was, uh, like a week ago. It went pretty good. Like people really supported us over there. We made a lot of good friends and we had a lot of fun over there. And tomorrow we start our tour in Texas that is going to be five days in a row. So we're going to play those shows. And then after those shows, we're going to start recording our, our first EP to get something like uh in a better way to give to people something to listen to get our music out to put new songs out you know hell yeah and speaking of which the uh going back to the e uh the the demo release inside outside to i totally dig the cover to it it's got this straight up 80s you know cassette look even on um it's on cd which i i totally think is awesome the cover looks like something that uh, a typical first wave of thrash metal band would have done on like a piece of graph paper and just like had cut out their own J cards and stuff like that, which I, I think is totally awesome. It's a, it's, it's a straight up callback to, to that era, uh, like that, that bygone era from about 40, 40 or so years ago. Yeah. Actually, you know, the art cover, um, it's it that has it it has that layout you know like we really wanted to give that look that it looks like a cassette because what i thought it was you know most of the demos back in the day it was mainly cassette tapes you know right. like they recorded in cassette tapes so it's like what if i bring back this and actually um i got that influence like that idea uh from a chilean band that is called insecurity they're really fucking tight. Like they just released their first album too. It's really badass. But their first demo, they did that. And I, I thought it was really cool. And actually they did it, they draw it themselves, like with a marker. 
But okay. then I was like, you know, I'm going to get an artist so he can do like a badass art cover with a lot of detail. So it can get the transition between the 80s and nowadays, you know, so it can give you those vibes, but it can give you also the vibe of technology, you know. And that's what we got, you know, if you see on the art cover, the inside outside, that font is like a retro form that is like more futuristic. But then on the on the title tracks is like a like a Greek um Greek font. So it's like it get it gets that um Yeah, like somebody would have done it somebody would have done it with a with like an ink pen. Yeah. Yeah. Like straight up writing on your notebook back in the day kind of thing. Which I totally remember those days of doing that stuff. So that's what's awesome to me. <laughs> hey, let me tell you guys about Mercenary Press. They're an independent London label and distributor of all things metal. Mercenary Press delivers the goods from their own independent zine. Trust me, you're going to want to get in on that. To distributing various bands from all over the world, including Cramp from Spain and Sadistic Force from Texas. Visit mercenarypress.bigcartel.com to find out what all they have in stock and what you can order. And for Metal Forge listeners, enter code METALFORGE to receive a discount on your total purchase at mercenarypress.bigcartel.com. Check it out now. Since 2013, there has been a calling from the underground, from the graves of all those unholy, and they decided to make a zine to talk about all of this. Soul Grinder Zine! An independent metal zine to keep you informed on all things metal and horror from the underground. Available in both print and digital formats, they're bringing you the best interviews and reviews out there today. Not only do they do the zine, but they also do compilation CDs. Check them out at facebook.com slash soulgrinder.zine and start your subscription now. You said that you were going after the Texas tour and everything, um, which by the time this ep- uh, this episode drops will be last week. <laughs> um, so with that, you're going into the studio and you said you're going to be recording an EP. Now, are you going to re-record the songs from the demo and put on there as well? Or is it going to be all new songs? Oh, it's going to be all new material. We Some of it we've played live, but mostly some just stuff we haven't played yet uh, that we're ready to pull out once the EP is done and recorded. Definitely. See, that's something that I always enjoy from bands that have yes. a, a quite a bit of material already written and they just release like one or two things that I, I don't like when bands re-record the same songs. I mean, de- quote, demo versions of things is one thing, but like, you know, if, if you've got like a professional enough recording of something, and I say professional enough, meaning like t- in today's uh, music standard that everybody can record at home. Yeah. And you can get great quality recordings from your house, 
and you just send it off to somebody to have it like mixed and mastered or or even just mastered for that matter. So so the re-recording of things I think is kind of asinine this day and age. So I've always looked to bands when they when they tell me that it's going to be like we're going to do all new songs. I'm like, "Holy shit, that like really gets me jazzed for a project." Yeah, no. Um I definitely agree. Like seeing the same songs that were used, like in a demo or an EP, being put like re-released again. Uh, I don't. If to me, it kind of kills like the mood. Is like, oh, it's. I mean, it's new material, but it really isn't. You know, it's just crispier. I guess you could say. Right. Well, and I mean, looking at like the metal archives, you know, with with your guys's like profiles on there. So it says that a uh, lot. Y'all were born around 2001. Just for, for, you know, comparison's sake. I know bands mm-hmm. from when you were born that were, <laughs> that are currently today, today, still releasing the same songs they recorded originally <laughs> then. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it, it sucks, but <laughs> so please yeah, don't do that. You know you, what I don't like of re recording sometimes is that, um, some people, like, for example, um, myself like i enjoy listening to demos of old bands like exodus testament you know like those early demos they have oh and for it's sure like like uh i remember listening one of my favorite demos actually is the pleasures of the flesh demo with paul bailiff that it was the last demo he released or the last thing he released before he left the first time and it's like I listened to Pleasures of the Flesh original, and I like both of them. You know, I love Cetra's vocals, but I think the guitar work on the demo, it has like more, it's more crispy, it's more raw, you know, of course, because it's a demo. But it's like some people always are going to be like, oh, it was better back in the day. I think they really ruined the song or make it worse. Or, you know, like when some bands do like a re-recording of entire new album. Oh, for sure. And something not, like that. And not only just that, but think of, since you brought up Exodus for this, and huge fan of Exodus, you're actually, I mean, I'm not on camera, I don't think, but I'm actually wearing my uh, Bonded by Blood shirt today. <laughs> I'm actually, that's dope. I feel you. I'm wearing the, um, the Slay Team nice. Texas shirt. Slay Team Texas. Nice. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, the thing about it is, is like, I just, I never got like the re-recording of Bonded by Blood in like 2008, where it was Blood In, Blood Out, I believe, where they recorded, they re-recorded everything with Rob Dukes on vocals. Oh, yeah. It was, I think it's Let, Let the Blood Out or something like that. Yeah, Let the Blood Out, I think. Yeah, something like that. But it's like, yeah, you hear that, and I think... Testament did the same. Uh, I think they did the the first strike is deadly, and they re-record a lot of tracks. And it's like I hear those tracks, and I just hear like the same songs, but it's like with so so much production, you know. Like it's like everything sounds so robotic at that point that it's like I feel that they just use MIDI drums and they just make it sound real or something like that because it just overproduced at some point right oh definitely Over, overproduction's definitely kind of an issue but like I've, well or at least with the exodus one where they re-recorded with rob dukes i feel like it, a situation like that is kind of where it's more i guess acceptable because you know it's a new person singing the, the yeah. classics uh, and, and but, yeah basically yeah 
Okay, I, I mean, I can kind of get behind what you're saying there with that because it is somebody else, and and it was probably done as a quick thing because they they hadn't had an I don't know if they had an album out with Rob yet at that point. So I think it came out after uh, after um, Shovel Head King Machine. Yeah, it came right after that. One. Right. So it was probably something to you know just to get more fans on board with it, which I'm sure you know. It, it probably had its its place where it needed to be. Yeah. Especially around that time, too. Like, the real thrash nostalgia really kicked in around 2008-9 era. So, I, I can mm-hmm. get that. You, you, had the, you had the callback bands, you know, that really ramped up. And like, the Municipal Waste, Avenged Sevenfold. You really had bands like that that really just kind of hit their their big stride at that point. Oh yeah, two thousand seven, yeah. That was uh Art of Parting released, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And actually it's like many bands, you know, that's like one issue we're trying to to not go through, you know, like we we like that our music can sound good, but we want it to sound real. And I think that's an issue that many of the old school bands, you know, like uh, for example, I'm a huge fan of Heathen, you know, like, I love, uh, I love the first album, I love Victims of Deception, that is, like, one of my top albums of Thrash, but it's, like, when they released, um, the last one, that it was last year, I think, Empire of the Blind, it's really good, you know, the riffs are really good, but it's, like, the production is, like, so overproduced that, um, I, I usually get bored, of listening the entire album because it's like I just hear the same things going on and that's what we're trying to to not not to do you know For sure. we're trying to get like a production where you can hear everything that it can still have that spicy old sound and we can add more stuff you know like nowadays like you were saying everyone can record at their houses and have good quality because technology is amazing, you know. Technology can lead you to anywhere you want, <laughs> right, and, right? And it's like if you have that option, you can like that's what we did actually. Um, when we recorded demo, um, we recorded the guitars like in in three different places, and then um, I started to aligning them, you know, so it can be on the grid and everything. And it's like we put a lot of liars in the guitar that make it sounds like huge, you know, like it makes the sounds it's it's it makes the song sounds huge. Oh for especially sure. Especially guitar guitar wise. And it's like on the bass too, they're like I think they're in some songs there are like three three different bass bass tracks at some point. Definitely. So it's like, and in Thrash, I think that I think that's a big thing that most people in Thrash have resorted to doing because, yeah, there's always the riff. The riff in Thrash is always where it's at. And then, you know, I think you can thank uh, later Thrash albums. as, And, I mean, what I mean by later Thrash albums, you know, stuff like Master of Puppets and Justice for All and even the Black Album because of the production quality of those albums. And, and of, of course, Slayer and Megadeth are in there as well, but and, and a plethora of other bands. 
But when, when it comes down to actually layering your instruments and, you know, even if it's just a slight variation of a, of a way it's played, like you might play a, a higher octave on, on one take on something, mm-hmm. it completely changes the song and the project, I think, because it adds, Definitely. it adds another voice to it. It adds another effect. And ultimately, you know, it, it's something that it changes up everything. Yeah, no, it's it, it, like, the, it ha, like, and that's kind of like the thing I have with the whole production thing where like, yes, you don't want it to be overproduced, but you also want to have something of quality where you have that, like those layers that give it more of a voice. Uh, like again, like you said, the Black Album. The, if I remember correctly, I forgot where I read this or I heard this, but it, it was like seven layers of guitars that have field recorded, and that's how he got the the the, the tone that he did. Just how many layers of um, guitar were recorded? Oh, I'm sure. Um, I'm I'm sure there were probably uh, at least three layers for him and three layers for for Kirk's rhythms. And then whatever layering the solos were, whether James did solos or Kirk did so in Kirk solos and so on and so forth. I'm pretty sure Jason recorded multiple layers of bass track. And not to mention, I know we've talked about this on the show before, but the production quality of just the drums alone, where they were splicing in single hits of like snares and toms in, in fills. So. Yeah, the production on that album alone is insane. And also, like, going back to Master of Puppets, from what I know and what I read and all that stuff, is, like, I heard that um, they literally record, like, every zero of the songs, like, you know, like, every chug in in the E string of the zero, they did that separately. And when I read that, I was like, damn, that's weird. And then when I listened to it, the album once again i remember i listened to it like after that i listened to it on vinyl and i noticed that every zero it has like more power you know mm-hmm. it's like so impressive how they layered those guitars on that album specifically oh. in um specifically in orion because in orion there's like because it's an instrumental i think they really worked out that really good you know like they did everything they could so it can stand by itself without vocals oh for sure and there's some really interesting videos out there uh like the 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 james hetfield down pick theory of why he prefers to down pick and get more power out of a down pick than doing a down up and stuff like that really interesting stuff to to look you know if you ever want to go down the youtube rabbit hole or anything like that that's really interesting stuff to me Oh, I check it out, man. So, for sure, hopefully, you know, you guys are going to record here soon. Hopefully, by the end of the year, we might get something new out. Yeah, for sure, actually. Uh, what we're trying to do with this EP, so it's going to be a four-track EP. And what we're planning to do right now is uh, we have three songs. Um, uh, one is called Endless Cycle. That is um, a song that we we start playing since our, like, our first second show. show second yeah, show like the second show we start playing that song and it's like people really enjoy the show and it's like or enjoy the song so it's like even people some people we know is like they already know the like the chorus of the song so that's cool you know like how people even they didn't listen to it on spotify or anything they just hear it live and they know 
what we're trying to to get and then the other two songs are two new tracks that we're working on them and then we have an extra song that is gonna be a outro that we're working on it it's gonna be instrumental nice. that uh we're really trying to put different instruments in it you know like uh or different um production wise or instead of putting words and vocals just do like vocal melodies like just without words you know like just voice right on. and what we're working on those actually and besides that we're gonna have an extra track that is gonna be a cover so it's gonna be like that's gonna had more people to listen to our music too because some people really just care in the in the old school stuff or in the bands they like you know and sometimes they don't check out new bands and that's like mainly with a lot of people like including me i love to check out some bands but if you tell me for example oh um this band did a cover of this thrash metal song of back in the day and they do it their own their own way and you know it can be faster or slower or it can be different has uh, been. for sure you hear it and then if you like it then you will go check them out other stuff so it's like we're trying to put that like a, as a bonus track so so we can get more engagement for our new release you know and have actually more music out definitely and see that's what it's all about right there so, I mean, you've basically just hit the spirit of the Metal Forge, bam, right there, hit it, uh, you know, a thousand percent, is turning people on to newer bands, turning them people on to the bands that, you know, that need more recognition. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Welcome to the night. You think you know Night Demon? Then the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast is for you. Step into the darkness as we peel back the curtain to give you an unprecedented, all-access look into the mind and the heart of the demon. We're talking band history, song analysis, studio anecdotes, stories from the road. It's everything a diehard Night Demon fan could want and more. This is the only place to learn the inside scoop, the deep dive trivia, the untold tales from the band members themselves and those closest to the Night Demon story. Need more? The sacred Night Demon crypt will be pried open to reveal demo recordings that have never before seen the light of day. All with in-depth commentary by the band and the people who were there for the writing and recording process. This is a gold mine, a treasure trove of all things Night Demon. Head over to nightdemon.net or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey guys, Wrestling Steve of the Wrestling Steve Show here. Uh, so if you're currently listening to the Metal Forge with Mark Jackson, then you understand that Mark Jackson has a pretty discerning taste when it comes to music as a whole. You'll also understand that he has a discerning taste for professional wrestling, just like me. The, my show is called The Wrestling Steve Show. Uh, I talk about modern and classic pro wrestling in a completely unbiased, unfiltered way. Be sure to check me out on all available podcasting platforms. That is The Wrestling Steve Show. And I am the host, Wrestling Steve. Just remember, uh, like like Confucius said, uh, man who goes through turnstile in Thailand uh, is going to Bangkok. Pro wrestling. 
Hey, Metalheads, it's with great pleasure I get to tell you guys about a new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Ageless Art, New Albany. After 20 years of owning and operating Ageless Art in Clarksville, Indiana, Phil Garrett had a vision for a new type of tattoo studio, something that is clean and modern, sleek, refined, inviting. And he's done just that with Ageless Art in New Albany. You can find it at... 2736 Charlestown Road, New Albany, Indiana, 47150. Business hours are Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sundays are 12 to 6. All sessions are appointment only, so give them a call and go get you some new ink. Or if it's your first time, go get your first one, baby. So I'm going <laughs> to, for sure. So I'm going to go ahead and switch gears here. We're going to ask you guys some general profile questions about you all as people, because that's just what we do here. <laughs> right, groovy. Okay, that's good. Priest or maiden? Priest or maiden. Priest or maiden. Let me think. Priest or maiden. Priest. Yeah. Oh, priest or maiden. Oh, maiden all the way, dude. Dude, for me, priest all the way. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I love both, but um, Jesus Priest really, really hooked me up, especially because Rob Halford and and the guitar duo of right. Cake and Glenn, you know? Right, right. Uh, denim or leather? <laughs> I think I think that's maybe obvious for me, for Thrashers, but I'll go with, with uh, Denim. Right. Um, uh, there's something special about that. I'm like, yeah, leather looks cool and all, but it's hard to properly main, ma- maintain leather, especially if it's genuine. Because like, very true. Uh, and it's fucking uh, heavy too. That uh, well, vests get really heavy too after you're done with them. <laughs> yeah, that's heavy. True. Mine is heavy, dude. Yeah, his vest. He just he just finished his vest, and it feels like the, around I'm around fucking. 40 patches or so and it's like um some people when we traveled to louisiana they were like oh can i try your vest and take a picture and then he landed to them and they're like oh my god this is so heavy How oh yes it gets heavy and you know the more shit you put on there buttons pins patches it gets even heavier and <laughs> and it can get like daunting sometimes to wear on stage like this this past show, I mean, I brought my my second one with me, and it's like, man, I'm really gonna wear this on stage. But it's like, it started to get kind of hot later in the day, and I'm like, oh fuck this, I'm not wearing it on stage. Fuck it, <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, you, you know, uh, be when when you're a metal musician and you're playing in in your battle vest and shit like that, you got to stay hydrated because yeah. it will seriously kick your ass if it's hot outside. Yeah, especially with the Texas heat, man. I tell, ooh, it is harsh. Right. Oh gosh. I, I I the last time I was in Texas, it was super hot too. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was your favorite TV show growing up? Probably 100% Ben 10, dude. That, ooh, that, that show was fun. Either that or like, like early 2000s cartoons. 
Definitely. Oh, damn, that, that's a that's a good answer of Angel. I think my answer is stupid because my favorite one is a SpongeBob, and I still watch a SpongeBob sometimes when I'm alone eating. Hey, <laughs> so I know tons fun. of. Hey, I watch SpongeBob still, and it's, it's well so after my time. But uh, I fucking hate like the reedition of their stuff. Like I love the first um the first episodes and stuff, but the new ones are just dumb. The newer seasons, yeah, I've heard that too. That the newer seasons aren't as good. Right. But yeah, that seems to happen with better. a lot of things, though. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. That, I agree. That seems to happen with a lot of things. Uh, what is your most unpopular music opinion? Oh, wow. Oh, oh. No, I think my most controversial one, it's probably very small compared to a lot of other stuff, but I think it's that Peter Green's Fleetwood Mac was way better than um, Stevie Nicks's. And that's Fuck, just because I'm a blue yes. fan. Fuck yes. I will agree with you every single day of the week. Yeah, finally. Something yes. Great. <laughs> I, I agree with you. I think Peter Green was more on point. He was more poignant with, and, and like that he was more metal for them. Definitely. And like, yes, Peter Green all the fucking way. Because even my yeah, favorite Fleetwood Mac song is a Peter Green song. It's called Oh Well. <laughs> Oh, um, I forgot what album I said, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yep. Because um, I think it's off the same album. It's uh, I Loved Another Woman. It's the, I think it is the second album. It may be the first, or it's self-titled. It's self-titled. Right. right. I think it is the first, yeah. And let's face it, Judas Priest did a cover of a Peter Green Fleetwood Mac song, so. Absolutely true. I, I, ooh, yeah, I think that's probably my hottest take, yeah. <laughs> For sure. I, I think on, on my side, um... I know Angel is gonna hate me because of this, but I really, I really think Tom Morello is a fucking badass guitar player. <laughs> I know, I know Angel hates it because um, I know he's overrated. I understand he's overrated, but I think he created something that um, many people didn't make it as popular as he did. That is true. He did popularize a lot of the no like noises. Like, yeah, because yeah, those have been used in noise music. It's just that, like, he kind of took them and put them in a metals, uh, metal spot. So, and that combined with, like, you know, the whole new, more like mixing elements of rap and hip hop and et cetera, For definitely sure. pushed them. But I still don't like Morello. <laughs> I could get, I could, I could see both sides of that. And being somebody who, like, you know, grew up through, like, the, the super popular era of rage you know i used to not like tom morello either and after watching him play outside of rage against the machine and i'm not even talking like audio slave or any of that shit mm -hmm. but like watching him do like videos on youtube or, or tiktok these days where he's on there playing he is actually yeah. an extremely good guitar player but mm -hmm. but again I'm not a huge fan of Rage in particular. And it's probably yeah. because of his playing. Yeah. I, I feel like it's very, very, like, I wouldn't even say unique, but like such a niche, like, style. Yeah. I, I honestly prefer better when he was an audio slave, like, yeah, with, a, um, uh, what's, uh, Cornell, with Chris Cornell. Right. I, I feel like what he wrote there was a lot more. To the strengths that I guess he had when it came to regular songwriting, etc. Yeah, it was a lot more meaningful. No, definitely. L like a stone and be yourself are probably some of my two favorite, like more 
I won't like not spiritual, but like, you know, more like heavy, I guess you could say in like emotional songs. Definitely. I can get behind that. So out of everything out there that's released music wise from all of these amazing albums, Paranoid, Kill 'em All, Ace of Spades, Overkill, ki- uh, Killing Is My Business, uh, you know, all of these, what, what people would refer to as classic albums. You know, back in black, shit like that. Um, mm-hmm. What is a classic album that you don't own? That I don't own? Yeah. Something that you would think that everybody would have, but you just don't have it. Uh, Probably, uh, like, classic, classic. Uh, damn, that's a hard question. I think for me it will be Black Sabbath by Black Sabbath. Okay. Because it's like... I did. Um, actually, our bassist Tommy, he has the vinyl, and I know oh, Angel I has. That. And no, Angel has too. But I remember um, um, Tommy lent me uh, three vinyls. He he lended me Peace Cells, Raining Blood, and Black Sabbath. And like we usually do parties here with the with the Houston Thrashers over here, and we listen to vinyls and just party all night long. And it's like we have a spot at uh, our friend's Kyle uh, that we just leave all our vinyls there, you know, and it's like they're lost over there, but it's not like I owe the vinyl. I, I did listen to it, and actually I bought a CD for my drummer, for Hayden. I bought the Black Sabbath CD, but I never owned a Black Sabbath Black Sabbath. Okay. And I think that's kind of sad. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what this question's about, because it's like, yeah, you know, one day you'll go back through your collection and you're like, why don't I fucking own that? I'm going to go buy that. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Very true. What about I, you? I just, <laughs> I just, now that you mentioned it, yeah, I don't have a single Slayer, um, like any piece of Slayer. Like, um, yeah, I don't have any CDs or vinyls or anything from Slayer. Okay. I have or Anthrax either. Now that I think about it, I do have. Kill them all, of course, and killing is my business. But for a classic thrash, that's the only, or not classic, but like essential, I guess you could say, albums for thrash. Those are the only two that I have for the, yeah, only Definitely. those that I can. Okay, do. yeah, I mean, and it's like, say, is it is it because you're not necessarily not a fan, or just never got the chance to buy it? I think it's just chance to buy it because, like, um, I I do have a. I do have both uh, Bonded by Blood on CD and um, Another Lesson in Violence, the live version, because I, I, that's probably my favorite out, um, Exodus, like, out of everything they've ever released. I think the live album uh, is the best and my favorite. Definitely. Hey, everybody, let me tell you about the new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Unchained Tapes. They're an independent Pennsylvania tape label. They focus on extreme metal and punk with a killer approach to the tape scene. Visit their web store at unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com now to get your fill of tapes. And for being a Metal Forge listener, enter the code METALFORGE10 at checkout to get a 10% discount on your total purchase. That's unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com. Hey, it's Mark Maxwell at Maxwell's House of Music. Listen, all this stuff is now available to purchase on our website. Check it out at maxwellshouseofmusic.com. We carry all the top brands, like Fender. We got Gibson. We also have basses. We've got ukuleles. We've got drums. We've got sound gear. We've got keyboards. 
It's Gonna Get Weird is the name of the podcast. We're on season two. So you have a whole season to get weird with Frank Green and Scott Clark. The best part is there's always laughter. We have national touring comedians, NFL stars, rock stars, your local friends. It always gets weird. Weird answers. Have y'all ever snorted coke off of a 78 Pinto? No? You ain't no Man. Weird questions. Who had a bigger cocaine habit, Jock Sutherland or Kaywood Ledford? Neither one, because they stopped beating their wives. <laughs> and weird, we never even thought of. Well, no, my friend is on acid, and I sent my friend to go find a payphone so that I can call and turn myself in for murdering this guy and ruin my life. We love all types of people, but we don't love all people. <laughs> <laughs> weird. It's gonna get weird. Is the name of the podcast available everywhere? And thank you to Big X Sports Radio for being a proud sponsor of It's Gonna Get Weird. Frank Green, Scott Clark. Yeah. As always, links are listed below, so please give a like, a share, and a follow, and support these guys in any way you can. Go to the Bandcamp, buy buy the CD, buy merch, buy the digital album, do whatever you can to support these guys, because that's what it's all about. Do you have any shout-outs you want to give to anybody before we go today? Actually... I do want to get some shout-outs to some really killer new thrash metal bands that are going around the country. I really recommend everyone hearing this so they can go listen. For instance, like some Houston bands. Um, Septic is a really good one. Exceeding is another good one. Then we have uh, Nemesis that is another good one. Uh, then the Lunatics are really bad. The Lunatics, Lunatics are really dope. Then going uh, to New Orleans, go listen to the guys of Boyd and to the guys of Heraclion that we just played some shows over there in Louisiana with them. And them, they were really good. Both bands were killer. And they all have music out on Spotify and stuff. And then going like all the way to California, I want to invite you to listen to the guys of Sporadix and the guys of Malpractice that they're really killer too. And, and violent by nature. Violent by nature too from Los Angeles. And along with uh, the guys of Invader, that is the band that we're touring right now with. We're doing this tour, Texas tour dates for our first ever tour that is happening. And actually it will be done by whenever this podcast is out. But if you go to our Instagram, you're going to see all the pictures. You're going to see all how we, we enjoyed all this time with them too. So, that will be the shootouts, in my opinion. <laughs> what about you, Angel? Mm-hmm. Did you uh, have any? Uh, yeah, actually, like a few more from here, the the, the Texas area. Uh, Terror Form from San Antonio. Uh, a, a lot of these bands are from San Antonio. Per- Permanent Exile, Invigorator, uh, Mortar. All the, the 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 San Antonio guys have a good scene going on too. Yeah, San Antonio has a really good scene actually. I think Texas in general does. Yeah, actually, I, I agree on that, and actually, that's what we're trying to go with. You know, like sometimes I feel that people really talk about one place, and it's like I for for example, I heard a lot of good things about Dallas, but it's like. I don't see any bands, like any thrash metal bands coming from Dallas. I'm trying to find them, and I cannot find them. If somebody knows any Dallas thrash bands, please let me know. For sure. Because it's like, it's hard to find them. And it's like, I want to go see how's the scene over there and how's the scene in other cities. Actually, we're covering in this tour, um, we're going to San Marcos, Texas. 
our friends are, of Invader already played on in Laredo, Texas, and they told me it was pretty solid too. There was a lot of people there, a lot of support of the people too. And then we're going to San Antonio, Austin, and Dallas, and and Fort Worth. Besides Houston, of course. But it's like we're we're going like we're traveling to see what's going on over there. Like, uh, if the rumors are true about how metal scenes work in other cities of Texas, you know, because we know in Houston is going good, and there's a lot of young people coming to the shows. It's not like there's like um a lot of um old bands that um are not even touring and they're just playing like a long time on the same venues you know it's like there's a lot of young people coming to the to the shows and enjoying everything they can so we want to see that in this tour actually definitely hell yeah and see that's what it's all about too is building the the scene everywhere you know it's not just in houston it's not just in san antonio i know austin has always had a great music scene in general so fuck yeah guys keep that shit up yeah, we will, brother. And also, thank you so much to you, Mark. Really appreciate for doing this, for supporting all these bands and trying to put all these bands on the map, you know, so people can hear us. For sure, and I appreciate that. But I do have one last question of the day. Mm-hmm. What album changed your life? Oh, wow. That's a hard one. That's a hard one. Uh, huh. You go first, Angel. <laughs> Uh, I feel like this is a very basic choice, but uh, or it's two albums that share the same spot and the same, like I guess, development in life. I guess okay. you could say um, probably "Dark Side of the Moon" and "Wish You Were Here." Those two, nice for sure. I could get behind both of those. Uh, I was about I was about twelve when I got into Pink Floyd, and it was because uh, our bus driver at school would let us like you know bring a tape on and they would play it and we had one guy who'd constantly bring in the wall the wall yeah and that's so killer and that incited my you know exploration of like well i've heard all of this what else is different so on my uh 12th birthday i i think i got like 50 dollars from my parents and i went and i bought uh, wish you were here, dark side of the moon, and momentary lapse of reason. Oh, momentary of it. And I was just like blown away by all of it. <laughs> yeah. Damn, that's so dope that you say Pink Floyd. I didn't yeah. know that, Angel. <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't know that. That's cool. Actually, for me, I think like um, mainly two albums that really changed my perception, especially about thrash metal. Um, one of them it was um, violence, eternal nightmare. Okay, that it totally fucking changed my life. Like, uh, I remember seeing violence live, and actually, I I hang out with the dudes too. I hang out with Perry Strickland, Phil, and and Sean Killian. We we're talking, and it was really cool being with them too. And the thing is that um, when I heard that album the first time. I was like, damn, that vocalist sounds like a fucking maniac, you know? That's what I thought the first time, and I thought it was like, damn, this is just fast. And then when I heard it again, I was like, what the fuck is this? This is so fucking badass. And until nowadays, I remember I heard that when I was like 
16 years old and until now like after four or five years it's like i still love that album and i think it's like one of those thrash masterpieces for sure and then another one that really changed my life and really changed the meaning of doing music myself it was uh forbidden twisted into form okay the it's a really badass album because it's like um the composition in it um the message besides the lyrics is like it really makes you think and that really made it in other words it literally saved my life when i was passing into bad moments so it's like when i didn't have anything else besides thrash at some point or besides music it's like i remember listening to that album and actually that was like one of the first albums i got on vinyl too and actually i have two copies of that one because it's my favorite one nice and it totally changed my perception like it was so great to hear it and so great to hear it every time i can and it's like i still cannot figure out those fucking solos you know like it's so fucking hard that i cannot figure it out yet but i'm sure someday i will learn it all and i'll be so happy when i do it <laughs> but i think those two are like one of both of those albums that really changed my perception about everything hell yeah dudes so some great album choices there you know with the, from the pink floyd to the to the violence and um and forbidden which you know just like uh the the show no mercy thing uh i got my first copy of uh uh forbidden's first album in texas along with uh my eternal nightmare <laughs> <laughs> so definitely texas has uh got some great music stores down there where you know louisville has some good ones but you know you, you can't always get awesome thrash in louisville like you can in texas so that's the that's the takeaway here <laughs> so guys i again thank you so much for coming on the metal forge this week it has been super fucking rad to talk to you guys keep up everything that you're doing because it kicks ass okay Thank you. Thank you for having me. Definitely. So from the demo, what do you guys want me to play out today? Insanity, I think. Yeah, I think Insanity Normal State will be the best choice. If you want to add, like, the introduction that is the two-minute acoustic intro will be badass. If not, just Insanity will be great. That Actually, it's the song that we... It's our first song. It's, like, the first song we we played live. It's the first song that Labyrinth just came out true you know awesome so yeah we love that song actually we we always enjoy playing it um i always enjoy listening to it even even though it's my music and it sounds kind of weird but it it really it really got a message into it you know and it's like at some point you have to overcome everything you do and just be yourself for sure. So, as you guys heard, this is from Labyrinth. This is Insanity Normal State.
Hey, thank you all for tuning into this week's episode of The Metal Forge. I want to take a minute to remind you guys about the Patreon page. Over on the Patreon page, we have the tiers set up to support the production of the show. We feature the Down and Dirty, which is just a buck. There's nothing special for that one. It just sends me a thank you because every dollar helps. Then there's the Double Down and Dirty. Much akin to the Down and Dirty tier, everything helps produce the show in the end. You make your presence known, and I appreciate that more than you realize. Thank you for being a dedicated friend and supporter to the Metal Forge. By selecting that tier, you will receive some cool Metal Forge stickers in your mailbox. Now, we're really going to start pounding the metal madness with the Apprentice Metalhead for just $5 a month. By becoming an Apprentice Metalhead, you'll be given early access to the shows, published 24 hours before everyone else gets it. You're also going to receive three entries in any contest that we do here at the Metal Forge. You're also going to receive a 10% discount on all Metal Forge merch, and you're going to receive a sweet Metal Forge patch for your battle jacket or backpack. And now, here is the big one. This is the Master Metalhead for just $10 a month. By becoming a Master Metalhead, you will receive a hand-numbered Metal Forge Master Metalhead membership card. You're going to be given early access to the shows as well, with 36 hours before everyone else. You're going to receive five entries in any contest that we do here at the Metal Forge. You'll be able to submit audio questions that I will use on the show of you asking questions to the upcoming guests. Remember, timing is everything, and you will need to keep up with the upcoming guest list on the website. You're also going to receive advanced knowledge of any new merch coming out and be given a 25% discount on all Metal Forge merch. And you're also going to get all of the other rewards from the other tiers. So visit patreon.com slash Metal Forge Radio today and help support the Metal Forge. Rock on. <laughs> 